0: This family this morning, and uh, we've got several families that are away, uh, as you know. And uh, if you notice someone that's missing this morning, I encourage you to just pick up the phone, leave a message for them, say, "Hey, we'll see you next week." And uh, I, there's something about uh, a personal phone call or stop by and visit. And uh, when when there's people missing, boy, we feel we feel the gap. And uh, and so we want to make sure that you guys are helping us in that and uh, reaching out in those cases. All right. Well, this morning we have got um, a, a great opportunity to uh, to welcome a guest, uh, some guests that are with us. On the last Sunday of each month, we like to highlight missions. We believe that missions is important to the health and the strength of a local body. And with the measure that we give out, we know that God reciprocates and He gives back and He, he helps us. And um, and we've you know we have these flags around. The sanctuary to remind us of the missionaries that we support and that we are praying for, and uh, we believe at the Gateway Church that missionaries are heroes. We believe that uh, that as they give their life and they give up the luxury of the United States living, which is we've seen this last few days. Uh, with Black Friday and uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, all the materialism and just the, the fun and the shopping and all the luxury that we, ex- we enjoy and sometimes takes, take it um, for, for granted. Missionaries leave all that behind and uh, serve the Lord uh, unselfishly, and it's wonderful. And there's no exception to this wonderful couple that I'm just getting to know uh, uh, today and uh, through the last, uh, this last season of their home on itineration. Uh, Ed and Beth have served in El Salvador for the past five years and are, are raising support to go back. They've already raised kids. They were uh, professionals or, or in the work field in the Grand Rapids area when God put their hand, put his thumb on their life, and called them into missions. And we'll probably hear some of that story. But this morning, I'm going to ask that you would join me in giving our guest a Royal Gateway welcome. Let's welcome Ed and Beth Loof this morning.
1: i want to greet you the Oslo Bendiga. in spanish when somebody would say that you would answer back amen because i just i ask god to bless you i ask god to give you blessings today um, every time somebody does that it just i i don't feel worthy of that i really don't um i've i've been serving god in almost 20 years and i got a friend that's sitting in the second road there that um goes back that far with me. We met him right after we got saved. I got saved. My wife was saved 10 years before I was. But we know Alvin and Julie Mockerman really well. They're very good friends. Um, we're just grateful to have friends like that. Um, they've done a lot for us, and they've stood behind us the last five years. Um, I just want to thank them for what they've done and what they've sacrificed. You know, you talk about us sacrificing. Church, I want you to know You guys make a sacrifice. You're missionaries, each and every one of you that are sitting here. Don't think just because I've left and I got the title as a missionary that that's important because each one of you are missionaries. The minute you leave your home, the minute you walk off this church campus, you're on your mission field. It's just that I felt God called me to go somewhere else and make an impact. And because I couldn't impact where I was. I spent... 10 years as a Christian in my workplace and I couldn't touch the guys' lives. I couldn't make a difference in their life. But every time they had a crisis, though, they'd come to me and ask me to pray. But That's not what God wanted me to do. So he called us to go to El Salvador. And um, I just thank you. But the, the glory needs to go to God. It's not to Ed and Beth. It's to God. Um, like Pastor said, we've been in El Salvador five years serving. Beth and I have. Um... We count it a privilege and an honor to serve Don and Terry Triplett. They're the head missionaries of King's Castle Ministry. Um, We oversee Compassion Ministries, and we kind of juggle other hats for them. Um, But I would like to do, though, is show you just a a quick little video a minute. And um, I just before before I do, though, I want you to know I couldn't do what I do without my wife. She's a very important part of my ministry. Um, Without her... I couldn't do anything. Um, I wouldn't know the Lord if it wasn't for my wife. So I mean, she's been a, a real helpmate and just a a real great friend, close person I can talk to, share with, and God speaks through her sometimes to me. And it's just a, she's a blessing to me, and I just I love her, and I really do appreciate her, and I do appreciate you, Pastor, for giving us this opportunity. Could you uh, run the video a minute? You might have turned the lights down just a little. Well, I hope you don't mind. I don't want to really go back up there. Um, I feel more comfortable down here. Um, What I wanted to share with you a little bit, you've seen some of the things that we do. Um, I I do, I I get to do play uh, Santa Claus. The kids were a little upset this year that we're not there for Christmas. Uh, We won't be back till the first of the year. But that's just one of my joys that I get to do. I get, I be able to hand out toys to uh, close to about 350 children, but we do more than that. But I don't dress up for, I only do it for our kids in our feeding program. Uh, those children get one toy a year. Um, and I can come back a year later and those kids have the toy just like the day I gave it to them. Um, they, they really enjoy the toys. Um, it's just, it's a blessing for us to be able to walk around and, and just to pour out the love of God onto people. Um, the feeding programs, I take care of, like I said, 350 children. We feed them three times a week. Um, so they, um, when we first started this, it was kind of hard for me to understand that, you know, I looked at every one of the kids they had a need. And um, it was kind of hard for me to follow the rules and the regulations of our feeding program in the beginning because it was like they said I could, I could go to a home and do an interview. There could be no food in the home. And it was like, I said, what do you mean no food? nothing. There can't be a pound of rice in the house. If there is, they don't qualify. And it was like, I didn't understand it. But after being there a little while, I did understand because most of them don't have electricity in their homes. They have dirt floors. There could be up to two to three generations living in a home. And they buy their food daily. They don't have a refrigerator. The mom cooks on an open fire. Um, Most homes don't have a stove. We get into some areas where they do, but a lot of people don't. Uh, Ten percent of our population can actually shop in a store. The other 90 percent goes from hand to mouth wherever they go to get food. So that's the feeding programs. We do 350 children there. You saw my street ministry that Beth and I started four years ago. That's our ministry. We started that. We take care of about 90 street people. And I bring probably 45 of them to church. And um, the reason why I hit on that is because there's, there's two men today, since we started that program, that are in heaven. Um, they both died on the streets, um, but we were able to minister to them, get them to church and get them saved. But I've got, I got 80, 88 guys right now that are still on the streets of El Salvador waiting for me to come back. And it's not just men, it's women. Prostitution is legal in El Salvador. We have moms selling their their daughters into prostitution at the age of 13 years old. I mean, it, it's, it just tears my heart out when we get there and we see this. You seen in the video where it talks about 2.5, 2.5 million children live in El Salvador. The population is 6.2 million. The, the size of the country is only the size of Massachusetts. So it's a very small country. And it's just, it, it's, it's just rampant. The average age of the nation is only 14 years old. Um, so you see it's children having children, and it's just its horrendous when you get in there and you drive through the streets, and that's all you see is these little kids running around, and they're hungry, and they're begging for money. I don't give money to any child, but I will give them food. I will take them somewhere, and I will buy them food, because if I don't, they buy drugs or they'll get alcohol. And it's a, it's a real problem. And then my wife does medical. I do, a, um, you saw the goats in there, and I better explain them to you. I do agricultural. We're trying to get the ministry self sufficient. Where someday, when we're not there, this ministry can survive. We're in 33 countries. King's Castle Ministry is in 33 countries right now and growing. And um, we have a master's commission program there where we take young people in and train them to go out into the world to be missionaries and pastors and um, it's just it's it's an awesome time it's fun to watch what god does Um, i'll share more later but just thank you church and um, god bless you
0: thanks ed we are so glad that you're here and we're excited to hear the word of god that he has for us through you in just a moment Um, we want to take a moment and receive an offering for ed and for Beth and also we're going to receive our normal morning tithes and offerings and uh, so we want to give you an opportunity to do that if you need an envelope there's on both of the back tables uh, you can grab an envelope to fill out if you want to designate funds to King's Castle or to Ed and to Beth um, just uh, right on right on your uh, on the other side there uh, the other please specify just put Ed or um, King's Castle and uh, those monies will go directly to Ed and Beth, and we're, we would encourage you to do that. Um, we're, we're really thankful for you being here today. You talk about Compassion Ministries, and uh, the Lord has put something on our heart. We talked about it last week a little bit, and church, I want to give you an update. Um, we've, we're calling it Project Barnabas. Uh, for this next season, we want to be reaching out and meeting needs in our local body, and even in, uh, even beyond into the local community, and we're doing that three different ways, uh, through benevolence for, uh, for you to be able to designate for this season to give to benevolence. Uh, the money will come in and go right back out to bless families that are in, uh, that are in need. Um, this morning, uh, one of the needs that had come in uh, was already taken care of, and was just kind of a neat way how that happened. Uh, a family needed some diapers, and uh, uh, the word got out. And a family said, "Hey, we can do that." And uh, so that was really cool. Another need this afternoon uh, is going to be taken care of. Uh, Joe Richards, someone for their business needs to they heat their garage with wood, and uh, and Joe said, "Hey, we just cut down a tree. We can we can shovel that over there." And so we'll be uh, taking care of that. And we just believe that every need should be taken care of. We we last week we. Read from Acts chapter 5 where the local church was caring for each other, selling possessions and bringing it, and that everything was shared and in common. And, uh, and we want to be able to have that sort of atmosphere here where there's no family that is in serious need. And now wants are a different thing, right? <laughs> the next thing is we, wanna, we are uh, putting together a food pantry. And I know that we've, uh, we've mentioned this last week. Um, this week or later this week, we're going to have a meeting. If you're interested in being a part of that, it's really groundbreaking. We're really uh, just, uh, this is grassroots. We're not sure exactly what it's going to look like, but we have this heart to feed. And uh, we're, where there's families in the church or those that we know um, in our neighborhoods, people that we rub shoulders with, that are seriously uh, in need of, of food. And uh, we want to be able to supply um, as many of those needs as possible. And so we're asking you um, to, if you're interested in that, to sign up and we'll call you this week and, uh, and get a, a time together to meet and uh, to do that. And then the third thing is a hygiene drive. Uh, we are asking for every family member uh, to bring in uh, a product to, to donate. And when we're going to pile these up in the lobby, and uh, as you see those, if you are in need, if your family's in need, please take what you need. It's for us, all right? And then from there, we should have a whole pile by the end of, the, by the end of December. Uh, whatever's there, we're going to donate to the community and bless different organizations, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this week, uh, Tony Tidswell and I, we're going to be meeting and uh, looking at some dates to do some shopping together. So if you wanted to give uh, specifically towards a hygiene drive, you can do that as well, and uh, that is fun. As you know, this week, Maggie... Uh, McNeil had surgery on her legs, or actually just on her right leg so far. And uh, they decided they did not need to break her femur, which was just a miracle. God, it was awesome. They did, though, uh, work on the lower part of her leg on the right side, and then she goes back in a couple weeks to do the left side. And um, so she's at home, sore, and, uh, and and I'm holding this Disney princess uh, <laughs> um, Coloring book, and uh, because we are going to give this to her as a gift, we—I'm not sure how this came about, Holly. Um, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't you, okay? Okay, it was—it was Darcy. All right. all right. Anyway, I know, and I saw—if you guys saw pictures, she had she was like coloring in her hospital bed and things. So anyway, it's just kind of a fun way. But we're going to ask for families to sign this today. All right, it's going to be out in the lobby before you leave. Um, or actually let's put it right back in the back on the back table so we'll have room back there. And uh, Jessica, you want to run that back and sign it. Just put a little note in there and, um, and bless her. We're, uh, the youth, just so you know, Are going right after church, and if you need a ride, Pastor Mark uh, is going to fire up the bus. And right after church, they're going to go, and then Pastor Mark can bring your kids home. And so, I encourage all of you guys to to go do that, to go out to the McNeils, and uh, to go pray with her, and just say hello and give her a little bit of a hard time. All right, and so that'll be fun. And we'll, but we want to make sure we got lots and lots of signatures. Jessica, me, and you, we need to put something in there too. Okay. All right, and then uh, Amy uh, Richards, are you in here? Um, Amy, why don't you come on up here for a second? I, won't, I know you've got heart uh, something that's coming up this weekend and uh, to share. And uh, of course, we want to before you share, we want to encourage you. We got two more weeks uh, for our Family Matters board, and on the thirteenth, we're going to be drawing a. Uh, A prize for uh, the family prize package, and that will be a lot of fun. But you can only qualify if your picture of your family is up on our board, and you can put up to five pictures per family. And we want to encourage you to do that. And of course, um, tonight we got small groups. We got a parents' night out. Look at your bulletin for the rest of the the details, um, things that are happening. But why don't you share what's happening this weekend?
2: Saturday morning here at the church, we're doing a um, ladies' brunch. And um, we're asking that you bring a uh, ornament because we're doing an ornament exchange. Um, it has a cost between or the value of five to seven dollars. And um, we just we want to make sure that you all know it's in the bulletin. And we have we're trying to get out flyers. I have more. So if you have family that would like to come and you need something hard copy to give them, pick up some for me and. And invite them. Um, the only thing we ask is that you let us know if you're coming or not because we want to make sure we're, we're prepared. Um, we are providing child care and um, if we don't know your child's coming, you know, we'd rather know so that, you know, we have enough people here to provide for them and um, just have an opportunity to connect with each other before the holidays start off and um, just be a blessing to you and we look forward to it. So, if you have questions, you can talk to me or Jessica, and our information is on this flyer as well. So,
0: Very good. Thanks, Amy. As you guys, uh, some of you know, uh, Dale and Amanda, uh, or Amanda, I should say, gave birth to a little girl uh, this week. And uh, healthy, and uh, they're doing well, and uh, they are not here this morning. They've Dale had, I, in my prayer, Dale had thrown out his back earlier this week, and they shipped all the kids off uh, to Grandpa. And uh, and so it's just uh, Dale and Amanda and uh, little Brooklyn Grace. uh, Sweetest little baby ever. And uh, we are going to be taking meals to them um, this week, starting this week for the next couple weeks, every other day or so. And uh, if you're interested in doing that, uh, contact us uh, or just come and ask me or Jessica or any of the other board wives, and we can make sure that we get you on a list if you'd like to do that and uh, to be a blessing to them. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, let's uh, give to the Lord. Um, Ushers, you can come at this point. Uh, We want to encourage you again to uh, designate funds to Ed and Beth uh, Loof and uh, bless them as they are uh, raising funds to head back to the mission field. Um, Of course, we will be uh, blessing them as a church, but we want to encourage you if the Lord leads you to do that. Um, Also, uh, for those benevolence and food pantry, if you want to make donations in those areas, uh, you're more than welcome to do that. And uh, we're just praying that God would continue to, to bless us as a church body as well. Um, the, uh, the economy uh, is down. In fact, I was looking at inflation rates and things. I think we're at a negative inflation rate this year. And uh, it's kind of interesting. But, uh, but you know what? That's the world's economy, that's the West Michigan economy. And uh, we want to live in God's economy where he continues to bless us and continues to favor his people. And he does that when we're faithful and when we give. And uh, if you consider this your church home and uh, this is your body, I want to encourage you to be faithful in your tithes and in your offerings as a first fruit, saying, God, I trust you, and I'm giving back what you've given. And uh, we've, we've heard it said before that you can do more on 90% than you can with 100%. It, and we don't understand why, but we, we trust that. And so we just want to challenge you in that this season um, of giving as well. Joe, why don't you pray for us this morning and ask God to bless us? Amen. God bless you
3: again. you give. of you. Burning my eyes, the worship of heaven fills up the skies. And you made it all. Said let. Doc.
0: cool one one other thing we mentioned small groups tonight there's one of our small groups that's going to a movie tonight and uh it's at 605 at the carousel cinema and the movie they're going to is actually the star 108 movie something like that it's only three bucks to go and so how about that and uh so it'd be fun and so even if you've only been once you can go tonight (laughs) Just kidding, but uh, there's uh, there's lots of, they're going to have a good time, and uh, child care, you can see Chris and Melinda back here, just wave your hands in the back, all right, and again, all of our small groups are open, and uh, now, those that have been coming to our small group, don't feel free to go to the movie, come to our house, we're expecting you, but either way, let's give a warm welcome again to Ed Loof, uh, or Loof as he comes, and Beth, all right, God bless you guys.
1: we pray a minute first father i just thank you lord i thank you for this church lord and and i just pray right now father for us as we deliver this word this morning father that you would just anoint us father i pray for your anointing upon this church today lord i ask that you would speak through us to this church lord and not only to them but to us father i pray wherever the word goes forth this morning that you would just move in a mighty way that your word would go forth in power That it would empower people today, Father. It would set people free. It would place your healing touch upon people today, Father. Wherever your word goes forth, just in a fresh anointing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
4: Good morning. Um, (laughs) Alvin was just kind of chuckling that I wouldn't get this and make you two hours long, but anyhow. Um, Ed hit upon a few minutes ago about his testimony. And... um, I don't know. The Lord just kind of prod me a little bit to tell you a little bit um, of what, how we started. And um, I don't know if any of you are women or husbands or wives that are waiting for your spouse to get saved, to become the priest of your household, if you have kids, or if you're waiting for parents but God knows. I got saved in 1980, a year after we got married. And um, we were both party people. That's why I married him, because we had fun. You know, we, we didn't get married for the correct reasons. And But God doesn't care. He doesn't care. He just, God is just the healer, and, the, and the, the, he builds you back up again. When you make a mess of it, he'll build it back up again if you allow him to. But I prayed for Ed for 10 years. And I remember days, because he got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. He got crabbier and crabbier and crabbier and crabbier. Things did not get better. The more I prayed, the worse he got. And I remember we had a kennel. I can remember going outside at night, 7 o'clock at night, taking care of the dogs, And I can't remember how many times I would yell at God and say, okay, it's time, you know. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just bring him to his knees. One day he went deer hunting, and God brought him to his knees. He was up north deer hunting um, 20 years ago, 19. Well, anyways, don't give up. If you're in a situation that you think you can't change, you probably can't, but God can do absolutely anything. And when I said I'd do anything for God, he called me on it. And <laughs> El Salvador wouldn't have, and it's still really not my first choice of living conditions. But, you know, we're, we're happy there because that's where we're supposed to be. But anyhow, I just wanted to share that real quick. For the word, could you all turn to 1 Corinthians 12? We'll start at verse 12. We'd like to share about the body of Christ this morning. I'll be reading through verse 26. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews, Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, get this, those that seem to be weaker, he says, they are the indispensable ones. They're the indispensable ones. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor and the parts that we that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment but god has combined the members of the body and has given even greater honor to the parts that lacked it <laughs> so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other elvin if one part suffers every part suffers if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Thank you, dear.
1: I think about that, you know, I think about the body, the body of Christ, and how it, it comes together. You know, it's it's and you know, I thought about it for a long time when I first got saved. What did I have to offer? I mean, I was a biker. Worked in a scrap industry. I had nothing to offer. You know, and you you can't look at yourself that way. I don't care where you are. You know, I've told some guys down in El Salvador that are on the streets, if God called you to dig a ditch, then you better go do it. You know, it's important. It don't matter where you are. You know, they all tell me, oh, and you're a missionary. I said, yeah, but I wasn't always. You know, I, I worked in a scrapyard. And I says, and if I wouldn't have got saved, I'd probably be the same place where you are. I'd be on the streets of the cities of Grand Rapids. and I'd be garbage. You know, I said, but you're not garbage because God cared about you. He died for you. And, you know, that's the thing. That's all about the body you know, and how it functions. Some people are the, the mouthpiece you know and um, but we're all valuable to God that's the biggest thing each part of the body is important you know today the brothers had the word you know that's part of the body's function another person's the feet to go out and do something you know it's every part needs each other you know it's just like what you read with the ear you know being'm I'm not I'm an ear but I'm, I'm not the mouth. Well, somebody needs to hear the spirit speaking you know and that, I, I really God spoke to me about that a while ago it was i had a, i have another message and it talks about listening to the voice the small still voice of God you know that's so important you know, i i you know beth i i, I mean I'm already going off my notes <laughs> I'm sorry, but um it's I, I don't know why, but God put this on my heart and I, I was just—I just got back la- last night from hunting with one of my brother-in-laws, and I've tried. I, I mean, I—I I went hunting with him the year I got saved. I hunted with him for years before I was saved, and I was sitting there and I was talking to him, and we talked till midnight the other night. And he said to me, he says, "Why did I come home?" He's a Vietnam vet. He said, there were better men than me that went and didn't come home. Why did I come home? And I I looked at him, and I says, you know, I says, you came home because God had something for you to do. Even though you may not be serving God right now, God has something for you to do. There's somebody you can touch. And he says, well, you know, where would you get that from? I says, well, it's simple, because it was me. You know, I I didn't hold any value for my life. I mean, I loved my wife, and I I loved the things of the world, but I didn't love God. But then I heard his voice sitting in the woods, and that's what I said to him. I says, you know, I heard the voice of God spoke to me, and I just started listening to it and following it. And he says, you know, I really did. I've seen a difference in you. So I know you're listening to God's voice because I've seen where you were and where you are today. And that's the most important thing out of the, all the scripture today is to make sure you, you hear the voice of God. You, each one of you that are sitting here, if you're all Christians and you've answered the salvation message, you you know God's voice. And that's what I was trying to put across to Him. And the only reason I went there is because down here later it talks about the family. They talk about that as a part of the body. It's not... Pastor Brian's job, it's not my job, or Ben, I'm sorry. I keep, I don't know why I got Brian, I should remember (laughs) it, I'm sorry, but, um, okay, (laughs) Pastor, it's just, it's not our job, I mean, not that I don't want that job, and I know it's not that Pastor don't want that job, but we can impact our own family a lot more than anybody else can. Just by me walking before my brother-in-law, he's seeing God change my life. Sometimes we don't have to speak the word into their life. Just walk it out before him and then take the moment of opportunities to say something. I mean, you don't have to preach a sermon. You don't have to preach it to them. You know, it's, I said when... <laughs> I started, we were going to come home with this itineration process. I said, the last thing I want to do is get up in front of a church and speak. I cut school when it came time to get up in front of a class and read a report. I cut school. I didn't go to school. I didn't like being up here. That's why it's kind of hard for me to be up there. But I've always held this place since I've been a Christian as a place of honor, high honor, to be up here delivering God's word that you need to be up here and you need to be a right heart and right mind. And I've been doing this, and everybody told me it was the worst time to come home. The worst time to come home and try to raise money. Now, we, I came home from medical first. I had surgery. My wife came home in June. I was here in February. she came come home in June, and we started booking churches. And I have enjoyed this. I really have. I've really enjoyed going to churches and speaking to people. And I thought I'd never... But that's God. It was the first thing I said is I'd never do it. And I've learned something through this. <laughs> 20 years now, I've been serving God and I've learned something. Never say never. Because as soon as you say never, He's going to call you to do it. I said I'd never fly when I got saved. <laughs> I get on an airplane all the time now and I love getting on airplanes. But um, it's just... It's, it's all part of the family and the body of Christ. Each part. We are so important. We are so important to them, And what we do and what we say, who we serve, who we work with. I mean, you can be the hands and feet of God with who you work with. by who, How you act to Him, how you talk to them, And just, they watch you. That's what my guys saw me at work. They saw me before, and they seen the man after. And they see him every time he comes home, because I go back. I go right back to that scrapyard, and that's the first thing I do as I walk in there. I say, hey, guys, I'm home. You're still alive. That's their first words. They expect me to get killed down there, And you know. And I say, if, if my time comes, my time comes. I'm doing what God wanted me to do, and I'm going to serve God with every ounce I have in me, no matter what. And because we go into the inner city of San Salvador and we minister to these street guys, it's the most deadliest place in the country to go. And Don told us when we first got to El Salvador, you never go into San Salvador and you never go down to it's called Parque de la Libertad or Libertad. And what it is is Freedom Park. And it is the most dangerous place in the country. But we go down there and we minister every Friday morning. We used to do it on Thursdays, now we do Fridays. And we've been doing it for four years. And in four years, we've never had a hand raised to us. I had a man get up one morning. He was, I don't know if he was stoned or he was drunk. But he came up and started swinging, and I just kept backing up. And I'd been doing this for about three years. And I just kept backing up, and it wasn't that I was afraid. I mean, I, I know if I'd have stood up and hit him, he'd have been on the ground. But... It, that's not what I was there for. So I just kept backing as far as I could, and two men jumped up, grabbed him, and says, hey, they're from King's Castle Ministry. They're going to feed us. Oh, oh. He, he realized what was going on because they're used to being abused. The store owners, where they sleep, they throw hot water on them, or they'll hit them with sticks, or they'll, they abuse these guys. So they're used to being, now when we come in, got they got guys watching, they wake them up and say, hey, the guys from King's Castle are here The feed us. And the reason why I went there is because it's, it's another part of the body that moves. And that's the thing. You know, we, each one of you can do that. What Pastor was talking about with, you know, reaching the community with your pantry and the hygiene materials. It's, it's huge. And it's a ministry that can impact your community. Huge. You have no idea what you can do, and the power that you have as a church. But that's all comes right back to the body again. It's all part, and the family, the family of God. It's important. You can't you can't survive without it, and you're not going to move. Unless everybody gets together and everybody serves in their part of the the body of Christ, It's so important. You know, I never thought that until later when I started watching things happening, because I think when I first got saved and I look at it and I think, the body of Christ, what part am I? Maybe the feet? Maybe the hand? I thought, I really, I I don't think I, maybe I'm the body, just the physical part that carries the rest of the important parts around because I'm, who am I? Who's that? I'm a big guy. I had a lot of them tell me, oh, you're a mountain of man, you know? But what do I do? What value do I carry? You know? That's what I thought, you know. What is a guy that sits in a crane all day and runs a crane and picks up cars and throws them on a conveyor belt or runs a loader? You know, who's that? And I looked at some of the great men of God that breathed into my life. And I think, but here I go. I'm measuring who I am to what somebody else is, not what God wants me to be. That's where we need to be, guys, every one of us, ladies, teenagers. Look to what God wants you to be. Don't compare yourself to somebody else because God's called you to be something. He's called each and every one of us to be something and we're valuable to Him. We're valuable pieces of the body of Christ. So important. So important to remember that. You know, we can be there when somebody's struggling, when somebody's hurting, and you think, what can I do? If you just walk up and be a, an encouraging voice speak what god wants you to speak in somebody's life lay a hand on somebody hug them talking about hugging our women in el salvador the most abused women i think in the world i really do the women when somebody raises a hand most of the time they cower because they think they're going to get hit and that's why i ask ladies because as a man i can't hug a lady i shouldn't anyways it's improper but the women are abused by their husbands, they're abused by their children. So I asked the ladies to hug our women and hug our children because they don't, they don't know what that embrace is. The only thing they've ever seen is the backside of a hand. And the mom is the, the bottom of the pecking order. Husband comes home, brings, he don't bring the peckjack home, he goes to the liquor store and he buys his liquor and he does whatever he wants. and Comes home, gives her a few dollars, she spends what she has left to buy food for her children. So she has nothing. It's, it's you know, I, I know when I first became saved, I looked at stuff like that, and I looked at videos on TV and stuff, and I thought, that's all Hollywood. But I'm telling you, it's not. When you see these little kids, they don't have anything. Most of these homes, I mean, these guys would give anything just to have a chair like this, one chair. Most of these guys sit on a hunk of wood, They'll cut a tree down. And it's too big for them to split it, so they sit on it. And they sleep on the ground. Rainy season, our kids are sleeping in mud. I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible, absolutely horrible. And you in the in the video the two little kids, this hokey and his little sister. They're street kids. They live on the street. they they got a mom. They've got a mother, but she don't care about them. Those little two little kids they sleep on the streets. And when we come into their community, it's the first thing they come and they want to hug us. and They, they want to know somebody cares about them. You know, and all they're thinking about is how they're going to get their next meal or how they're going to get something. And I had a man that came down. He's a He's an orthodontist, and I talked to him about him. I says the only thing I want to do is help those little kids to where they get into school and get an education. Maybe they can get a little further ahead than the rest of the kids than where they would be because right now the gangs are looking for those two to recruit. They use them. Those kids at that age, they're using to do the dirty work because they know they'll, they'll end up in jail if they're any older. So they use the young children to do the dirty work. They kill people. They do all the dirty work for the older guys. So I've been trying to reach these kids. He says, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll help you. Let's put them in school. He was willing to pay for these kids to go to school. So I tried to, I went down I bought it. first time I, these kids had ever been in a store. Oh. You want to see a, an animal loose in a store? You got to take a couple of my kids, take them to the store one time, that had never been in a store. They were best trying to hang on one, and I'm trying to hang on another, and I got another all the way down, and he's grabbing everything. You know, he's like, "Oh boy!" oh. They thought they were in a candy shop, and it was hard. And I was like, "Oh, why did I do this? How how stupid can I be?" But you know what? It impacted those kids huge. We, first time they'd ever been in a car. I'm serious. These kids had never been in a car before in their life. Hey, they were just, they were all over the cars. Like, you got to sit down and put the seatbelt on. And they're in the back, because I got an SUV. They're from the back seat to the back end. And then they're to the front end. And then they were back and forth. And their windows up and down. Finally, I had to lock all the windows so they couldn't do that. I locked all the doors. And But you know what? They, for months, that's all they talked about. Whenever we came to the community, how much fun they had couldn't stand to wear shoes. And they reacted because they were so far behind the other kids in school. They reacted and it caused trouble. But we you know, we kept pushing, trying to get them educated. And then finally, Ma got involved. And one of the teachers went to the house and said something to Mom. And she started beating the kid because of the way he was reacting in school. So now you don't want to go to school. And now they're not going to school, so now they're back on the streets again. And it's just, it's, it's gut-wrenching when I think about that little boy, Okie and Luis and Gabrielle. They're three little boys. They're my kids. I mean, my kids are grown. And, and my daughter graduates in December from Grand Valley State University as a nurse. I, I know she's going to be on the mission field somewhere. Um, my son prayed for me, and now he's running from God. So since I've been home, I've been breathing into his life for the last nine months. And I've seen change in his life. And the reason why I'm saying that is, is don't ever give up. If you have a child that's running from God, don't give up on him. There's tough love, but don't give up on him. I know, down in my heart, deep, maybe he, if, even if he don't come to the Lord before I come, before I go, I know he's going to come back and serve God. He's got a, he's got a kind heart. I mean, he's running, doing things he shouldn't be doing, but. He's still got that down inside of him where he's been raised in the church. He knows the church. He knows the Word of God. He knows God. And I just tell him I love him. and I know you can run, but you can't get away. God's with you every step. All you got to do is stop and turn, and he's there for you. With that, I'm not going to go on anymore. The only thing I want to tell you is just to hold fast and be a help. Be a help. Be a help to God. Do whatever God calls you to do be a a functioning body of Christ is the most important thing. Please pray for us. That's the only reason why I'm here today. It's because churches prayed for us. I nearly died five years ago. A year ago, October, I had the same problem. I have pancreas issues. And they tell me I will not survive another attack. But you know what? I don't believe it. I rebuke when they told me i'd never go back on a mission field 5 years ago i told them i said god didn't call me to go to el salvador go to language school for 8 months go to el salvador for 4 months and then send me home and our god is a healing god i want you to know that because he's he's brought me back twice now from this issue just 6 weeks ago my wife was healed She had fibromyalgia. She's had it for almost three years where they've diagnosed it. She's been on all kinds of medications. She went to a group and listened to God's voice. It was a women's group that prayed for us before we left. E-group, our home group, whatever you want to call them, care group. She went there and shared with them, and they said they'd be praying for us. She went back there to share with the group what God has done in our lives in the last five years. She sat down, the leader says, We need to be quiet before the Lord. So they all sat down and they were being quiet. They were getting ready to pray. And God spoke to her. Said there was a curse put on you four years ago in your family. It's a curse. Yeah. And you need to you need to speak it out right now. She's like, God use somebody else to speak to me. He says, I just did. Speak it. She spoke it out. And as soon as she spoke it out, it was gone. And the ladies ran up and grabbed her. And for somebody just to come up and just touch her, it hurt her. These ladies ran up and grabbed her and started embracing her. And she was just cringing for the pain. It was gone. She stopped taking her medicine a little later. And she's not had a pain since. It's gone. I'm telling you, God heals today. Listen to his voice. And listen to what he tells you to do. I'm not saying that you can't do it through medicine or doctors, but I'm telling you, when God speaks to you, listen to his voice. God bless you, church, and just thank you for being patient with me. And uh, I hope to partner with you. I hope to see you all in El Salvador. Come down if you want to come at Christmas time. whatever you want to do. But um, otherwise, when we come back, hopefully we come to see you again. If not, I want to see each and every one of you upstairs. Like I told you, you're missionaries. Remember that. If anything I've said to you today, when you walk out that door, even in this church as you're sitting here, because I know tonight, or this morning, Pastor already said every one of you are members of this church. So I am believing every one of you are saved. Am I right? Okay. Then I am I'm, I'm challenge you when you walk out these doors. Once you drive off this property, you're on your mission field. You are, no matter where you go. You're on the mission field, whether it's with your family, extended family, anywhere. You are missionaries. The only thing you can take to heaven with you is the soul that you lead to God. So bring them, bring them. I'm telling you, God's building a mansion for us. And you can't overfill it. I promise you. Thank you, and God bless you.
0: I like that a lot talking about the body of Christ and that each of us have a plan a purpose and uh, thanks for sharing your story um, this morning let's stand and uh, I'm going to pray a prayer blessing over each each one and uh, we'll be dismissed I want to make sure that you remember to sign Maggie's uh, coloring book and then sign up for the food pantry out in the lobby tonight we've got small groups and uh, and then, of course, uh, um, next week or next Saturday, uh, the, the women, uh, those for the brunch and the ornament, ornament exchange uh, to sign up for that. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the challenge of your word. Lord, that we are set apart, that we are called, each of us, that we're part of the body. And, Lord, that we have a purpose, a function and Lord, I pray that we would begin to con- or continue to work in the area that you've called us to. Lord, I believe you have a perfect plan for each and every one of us, and God, we embrace that as your body. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, to just burn that in our hearts, God. Lord, that it w- won't be able to easily be forgotten. But Lord, that we would be focused on you, and that you would help us. Lord, in these areas. God, thank you, Lord, for touching and for healing today. Lord, you are the same yesterday as you are today and forever you will be. And God, we embrace your healing. And Lord, I pray, Lord, as we talked and we prayed earlier, for those that are carrying burdens, Lord, thank you that we can leave those burdens here today. And God, that you will receive the glory for that. Lord, we don't carry this alone. And, God, we ask that you would just go before us, behind us, and all around us. And, God, will give you the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. And have a wonderful week. We'll see many of you tonight.